Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a friendly, fragrant fricassee of football frivolity. I'm joined tonight by Paul, Fion and Nick to talk keeping Norwich City's FA Cup window open whilst keeping an eye on the transfer one we can't wait to close. Firstly, the magic of the cup. Nick, you love it more than most family members. So why is that? Well, uh, I wrote an article uh, for ACN um, a couple of seasons ago um, that was basically talking about the how the FA Cup has died and has been killed off by um, a constant barrage of attacks from either the FA itself, from television, uh, from the clubs, and generally from sort of a apathy. Um, but the, the thing about the FA Cup is is that it represents a special thing in English football that we must never ever lose, which is. The fact that, you know, you get examples such as Tom Hosper playing at Marine, um, having to change in their 1970s upholstered lounge. Um, and stories like that are what makes that FA, the FA Cup extremely special. Um, so to to try and jump on the bat to jump on the bandwagon as supporters onto what the media is trying to tell you that it's a waste of time, um, it almost kind of like enables the um the big clubs. Um, and their kind of apathy towards the trophy, I think. Do you think that there has been um, any kind of resurgence this year, or do you think that it's what, where would you rate the the health pull of the, of the cup in, in this very strange pandemic hit year where we're not seeing, for example, Marine and Crawley? I mean, how, how good a, how good a cup tie would that have been if, if the Crawley ground was was rammed when they rolled over Leeds? I know it's funny, isn't it? I think I think there was a little bit of romanticism. Certainly, listened to the radio a lot, and and in in many ways, I I almost prefer listening to the radio on FA Cup weekend because I think they do try and keep that magic alive as much as they can. Um, but I feel that that it was better than some years in some ways, um, depending on who you listen to. Um, certainly, I, it really it really did miss the crowds, and that was a shame. It would have been so fantastic to. Um, hear that crowd at Crawley. I, I watched the highlights of that game with the sound down. So I used my imagination to kind of imagine what the crowd was like. I, I, and I was so excited seeing the players being so beside themselves at scoring against, um, uh, against uh, it was Derby, wasn't it? Um, oh, Crawley, it was Leeds. Uh, sorry, Leeds. Um, forgive yeah. Me. Uh, yeah, I watched them. Uh, I, was, I, I was so excited uh, at watching the players um, from Crawley react when they scored against Leeds that I, I in my head there was a crowd there anyway so I think I think I don't know I think we're on a bit of a precipice there was there was some good results uh, I I really I really enjoyed the um I I really enjoyed match of the day on FA Cup third round Saturday um you only need you only need two or three kind of shocks or, or close games for it, for it to be exciting and for me Fion I I personally like the fact that you have to play through to a conclusion. Although there were a couple of games where people took took teams to to, to um, extra time and lost, like Everton, for example, um, Burnley, both, both won against lower league to, um, opposition after being held in ninety minutes. Do, do you think that? Do you think that there's any chance they're actually going to go back to replays again after, after this season, Fion? Yeah, I I can't see it to be honest. I think now that they've they've made that jump um, and and other things sort of putting the fifth round to midweek and stuff like that. I, I can't see them going back now. Um, and it, it did in some ways make it more exciting. There was the um, the Newport game uh, against Brighton on 
Sunday night, was it? Was it was very exciting with the dramatic uh, last minute goalkeeper fumble that then took it to extra time, and there was a brilliant um, penalty shootout. And and you know that was very enjoyable. The fact that was decided on the night. Um, but then you've you know what you're losing are the the sort of cut replays. You know, it's it's not always the case that a team is a lower league team is going to be able to to beat uh, to beat a higher division team um, and get through. But you know, there have been plenty of examples in the past where teams have you know scraped sort of nil nil. Or I remember um, Exeter doing it at Old Trafford or, or the other way around, and um, and I think Crawley Crawley at Old Trafford as well a while ago, and and getting that getting that replay and and the sort of you know TV money um, gate receipts when crowds are back. Um, but what they're up against in that is the you know these sort of ongoing complaints about fixture congestion, and I just think now it's happened this year. I can't see them using back into the the fixture calendar, you know, all those replays and when you've got the pressure of Jurgen Klopp and and Guardiola about how many games they've got to play. I've got a, I've got a solution, um, which uh, is is my proposal to the FA. Uh, so let me know what you think about about this, Nick, because um, you you know you you are you know uh, our, our resident FA Cup guru, and you you love it more than all of us put together. So how about to preserve what the big boys want, which is reducing fixture congestion, but to maintain the magic of the cup and maintain the opportunity for um, the gate receipts. How about up until, for example, the quarterfinal or maybe even the semi-final, um, uh, the whoever is higher in the league goes away. So, it, it, because my, my opinion is, if you manage to get a, if you manage to hold on, so so for example, take the take the the MK Dons um, Burnley game. Um, MK Dons managed to hold Burnley to 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 extra time. Um, I mean, they very nearly. Uh, very near, they very nearly didn't. It was the last minute uh, equaliser to, to 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 take it to extra time. Um, so, if if they, it's very unlikely that a lower league team is going to beat uh, a higher ranked team over two legs because it basically means that that the, the the better team has to have an off day twice, and 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 so actually you might end up with more shocks if um, if 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 you always had the the minnows playing at home. They would definitely get the gate receipts. They definitely get the TV money, and it and it means that they, in order to get through, they don't need to catch a Man City, a Leeds, someone like that on, on an off day twice. What do you think, Nick? So that that that, that suggestion there is something what they did. I know that they do in France. Um, oh, okay. For for the cup competition there, um, Le, I'm sure Le FA Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, yeah, Lee FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, so they 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 the lowest ranked teams are played home first. Um, and in France, it's actually because the French FA Cup is huge. They, they have literally all levels of competition there play in the cup. So you're talking over ten thousand teams play in their FA Cup. Like teams I, I thought you were going like, to say over tens. Like, as soon as you're eleven yeah. or older, you can play. <laughs> well, it, it is a little bit like that because you have places like French Caledonia, so the Pacific Islands, the territories over there that France still hold. Their football teams play in the French Cup. Um, and as a result of this, the, the, the French Cup I know has has had a lot of shocks where, um, you know, teams that don't play in the league on, and the second division have actually reached the final relatively recently. But the problem I have with this is, or any suggestion to change the cup, in fact, is 
the same problem I have when people suggest um, making changes to test cricket. It's perfect the way it is. It doesn't need to be changed. There's a reason why people like it. There's a reason why people like test cricket. There's a reason why it's been around for 150 years. Okay, and there's a reason why it has, has, has survived so much stuff being thrown at it to destroy it. That's because people still like it. There's no need to to start tinkering with it and mess it around. Um, going back to the replays thing, I mean, you know, I'm living in a wonderland here because it's never going back again. But you know, I personally don't give a shit what the big clubs think about fixture congestion. I don't care. They they, they can deal with it. They've got big squads. They got all the money. They can deal with fixture congestion. If they're in the Champions League, that's their own prerogative. Um, the I'm never going to be convinced that penalty shootouts are a good way of deciding a football match. I was scarred for life with the 2002 playoff final, and I will forever think that. Um, you could, you'd never, you never expect the Americans would never expect the Super Bowl, for example, to be determined by a kicking competition at the end. Um, that's just, the idea would just be ludicrous over there. So you know, the fact that World Cup finals and FA Cup finals are decided on penalties, I think, is just utter, utter madness personally and the best way of determining a draw is to play the game again and I'm sorry if you've got a Champions League tie that following week and then you need to go to Crawley I don't care just go just get on with it I think it's an interesting point I mean with 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 test match cricket I I too am, am a huge fan of that that sport and that's to be honest the only form of the of the game that I would seek out to watch um outside of the very very latter stages of one of the big tournaments of the one day or or, or T20 game Especially the you know the the one day World Cup final goes on for about six six months, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But we but but the difference there that the, the one place where your otherwise excellent argument falls down is that that the, there's a, there is a reason there's another reason logistically why Test cricket doesn't need to change as much. And I know there are still some some efforts to to, to shorten it and, and do different things to jazz it up, but that's because these people have jobs and they've got to try and justify them um, more yeah. than anything. But but actually, there there isn't the congestion with with cricket, and and there isn't the, the there isn't the same there isn't the same kind of uh, situation of of kind of doubling up and replays upon replays. So what I would say, Paul, is I think we all kind of accept maybe we're not going to have replays again. But um, the point is, if you insisted on if you insisted on having the lower the lower ranked team playing at home and then playing to a completion, surely that that is actually going to maintain more of the the bits that Nick likes. Um, because it, you're you're okay, you're you're kowtowing in a way to the, to the bigger to the bigger the bigger guys, but you're saying okay, fine, have it your way. It's only ever going to be one one game, but you're always you're pretty much always going to have to play away unless it's one of the you know uh, glamorized you know unless you do have like an Arsenal Tottenham or an Arsenal Newcastle like we had. Well, Newcastle was never going to be a glamorized, but unless you do have an all Premier League game, likelihood is you're going to be playing playing away. Do you think that's at all feasible, Paul? I think it's a great idea. I really do. Um, and I think, you know, uh, uh, Nick's right to a degree in that sense. Of the FA Cup has never changed. You know, the FA Cup has always been what it's been. And occasionally it has tweaked itself to accommodate the kind of burgeoning fixture list that is created elsewhere. So it's not the FA Cup's fault. It's everybody else's fault. Um, I I spent many years filming uh, uh, FA Cup ties both actually the games themselves and also behind the scenes and I went to clubs at all different levels and I cannot remember going to a single club where they weren't excited about that tie regardless of who it was against you know um and I think so I think something like your idea would be absolutely fantastic I think it would it would focus the the it would focus um 
the concentration on those little clubs themselves or the smaller clubs forgive me I don't want to be patronizing but but um you know that it means such a lot and I know you you hear a lot of those um uh old tales from people about oh well you know the, the money from this tie will 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 keep us running for another six months and so on I know we've heard it a thousand times but that's because it does. It keeps it keeps that football alive, and that's the simple thing about it. it. You know, it really shouldn't be any more complicated. So I love your idea. I think, yeah, let's go for it. Okay, well, that's that's simple then, because I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the only forum that that matters when it comes to legislating football. Um, so it's, it's pretty much done. So, sorry, Fionn, you don't seem to have had a vote yet. Uh, come on, it, it, just before we absolutely pass this into enshrine this in law, are, are you going with it? Well. I do. I mean, I I would say another angle is that of the players, and I'm I'm just basing this off um, listening to Radio Five on uh, Saturday afternoon after the Chorley game, the lunchtime kickoff, and they were obviously doing all the post-match interviews with the Chorley players and asking them, "Do you want to scrap?" And they, all their answers were were big club away. They all wanted the big away tie. Um, and I, you know, maybe that's because they'd just played a home game uh, in front of in front of no fans and, and they wanted something different. But, you know, I think there's also a, a lot of appeal for, in terms of gate receipts, when we have crowds, obviously you get the, you're not going to get the same gate receipts split, um, split if, you, if you're playing it in, in your sort of 5,000 capacity ground as if you get Man United away. Um, but yeah, also the, that sort of once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of players, it may be. So, I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence, but I'm going to I'm going to chuck that view in because because that that does seem to be a sort of thing that players were saying about who they wanted. Uh, although they ended up getting Wolves at home, so not a bad draw anyway. The thing about the FA Cup for me as well um, is that without the FA Cup, Norwich City would not be the team that they are now. Uh, the 1959 Cup run. Um, it's overstated from from what we've heard as Norwich fans. It's sort of embedded in our club's history. You know all about it, blah blah blah. But um, Norwich were a very a struggling lower league club that had to apply to re-election to the league several times during the nineteen fifties before the nineteen fifty nine cup run. The nineteen fifty nine cup run, they played eleven matches to get to the semi final. Uh, four games uh, went to replays. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the Tottenham game and probably the Sheffield United game, we wouldn't have won if there had been extra time and then penalties um, just because of the differences in fitness between upper echelon footballers in the 50s and, and sort of lower ones. And then after the 1959 Cup run that Norwich wins on, um, they swiftly went up through the divisions and within 14 years, they they were in the first division. So without the FA Cup, without the 59 FA Cup run, Norwich could still be languishing in the lower, lower regions of the Football League or even a non-league side. Um, so putting my yellow and green glasses on too, that, that, that's, that to me is why the FA Cup is, is critical because it actually makes these clubs sometimes and um, it certainly made Norwich City. Well, that's a that's a very compelling argument um, to, to, to keep things exactly the same, the same way it is. So, Looking at, at the, the weekend and, and and the result, so so Paul Norwich basically um, got out of bed early, um, straight out of the traps. All the all the other analogies you need, and and after ten minutes, it was the game was wrapped up. It was a splendidly professional performance, wasn't it? I think I think um, maybe half of us thought, oh well, you know, we might chuck that away, but um, in some in some ways, you know, we've got 
such a strong squad at the moment that by even putting out the sort of supposed second team, um, you know, we still look really, really good and really professional, which is fantastic. And what I was most pleased was with were two things. One, that Hugo finally got his headed goal that we've all dying for him to get for so long. But also that um, uh, Placetta actually looked up for both of his passes that um, helped in his goals, which I haven't seen him look up to pass uh, uh, all this season. So, uh, you know, just shows what he can do when he actually actually sees where he's passing his ball. And I thought he was superb. I think the little the, his mini run out of the team might have helped him um, because he's 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 kind of had to watch a few games um, and maybe had the opportunity to to get coached a bit more without actually doing some of the the doing. If you see what I mean, we know that this coaching team can can lift lift younger players and develop younger players, and and, and hopefully that's something we're seeing from him. I, I agree. Not even I would go even one step further. It's it's the first time he seems to have um, done things with any kind of thought. Um, rather than just almost like a wind-up toy that that basically just charges off in in any kind of direction, and everything is done at full pelt and full speed, and that's why his cutbacks tend to be too hard and just behind players. And when he when he's previously played, but yeah, it was you know a lot of the commentary um, on social media during the afternoon was that um, or you know, lunchtime was that um, we, we with Hugo we were playing to his strengths, kind of finally in inverted commas though. That didn't kind of happen for the whole game. So, um, any any concerns at all that 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 we you know that, that we that we went ahead and, and didn't kind of stretch stretch the game any further in terms of goals scored, Fion? Um, no, not really, because we didn't need to. Um, I, uh, disclaimer: I didn't watch the game because I don't have BT Sport, whatever channel it was. Um, but I listened on Radio Norfolk, and yeah, um, it was it was just so controlled in a good way I think um, by the sound of it um, what I really liked about Hugo's goal was um, how well placed it was into the corner because that yeah. that was a you know it was a great cross um, but really nicely into the corner which is which is nice um, yeah I, I, we, we could have had more goals I think but we didn't need them um, and yeah I'm, I was sort of happy to get out of that one with a clean sheet good I guess we'll talk about Barden, but but a great game for him, um, and just lots of minutes for everyone, really. Well, yeah, that was that was what is the obvious next place to come on to. You look, you look at the players. You mentioned Shemi there and Hugo. Um, I think it was a really positive performance, and and it's, it was ideal timing, really, because um, you know being thrown in for that for the end of the game, or you know most of the game the other day. Um, and then, and then being able to follow it up with a with with a with, a, with another kind of full um, full performance in the cup, where there's there's let's let's have no doubt about it. There's slightly less pressure on an FA Cup tie, although we want to win it, we want to move on. If he had have had an absolute shocker and we'd have lost, then there isn't the focus on that when it's a top of the table championship clash. Um, so, so Nick, yeah, Barden, I think gets gets a lot of a lot of praise. Um, who else caught the eye for you? Uh, well, as you say, I mean, Barden, I think Barden's um, uh, performance has actually been undersold a little bit and understated since the game. Uh, to be thrown into that situation as who he is basically the fourth choice keeper. I mean, I know our third choice is online, but, uh, you know, to be thrown into a situation like that um, when he probably wasn't expecting to play for the first team this season, let's face it, um, and to put into such a confident performance with his handling and then. I think he was also extremely good at controlling uh, the box and control and, and with, with his kicking as well. So 
um, yeah, it was an excellent performance uh, from from the young keeper and yet another young goalkeeper that Norwich have brought through. Um, we, I, I don't quite know how we do it, but we've done it throughout our entire history where we see, keep seeming to bring brilliant goalkeepers through. Um, it was a, a really interesting uh, thing that happened late in the second, well, midway through the second half, where uh, Timu and Emmy came on, uh, which was a substitution that raised quite a few eyebrows. But having had a few days to think about it, I think this might have been a bit of a stroke of genius um, from Fark because. Cup tying him. Um, sorry? Cup tying Emmy. Yeah, there's Cup tying Emmy. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but I, I think the last time we, we had a, uh, a week off or we, we didn't have a game midweek, we lost, didn't we? Um, and Pookie and Emmy didn't play particularly very well. So um, keeping them, I guess, sharp, but just sharp, making sure that they're still in that kind of game mindset just by throwing them on for 20 minutes um, at the end of the match, I think was a, was actually a really clever thing to do. And hopefully it would mean that they've retained some of their uh, brilliant form that they've been on. Um, but yeah, it was all around an, an excellent performance, a very professional performance from, you know, a, a, a an A and a half team, I guess I would call it. You know, it wasn't quite a B team. And even with the changes, they're not, not always necessarily voluntary. Some of them were forced. So, uh, yeah, uh, Fark was very happy after the game. And I can I could tell why, because it was, it was pretty much the perfect day for him. Well, let's stay with the, the FA Cup. There's a couple of big championship games um, that, that are the immediate things that, that Norwich have got on the horizon. But um, very quickly, we, we're straight back into FA Cup action with, with Barnsley. Um, so, so Paul, they've they're a hard one to work out. Really, they were on a great run, and then they kind of stuttered a little bit, and then you know they've, they've had three wins from the last five, um, and obviously they've, they've been disrupted by COVID. So, um, how much do you think that they they're going to have an appetite for for, for a cup run? Um, I mean, obviously they they got through the first the first game they played. Um, what what kind of what kind of strength lineup do you think we might face when when Norwich do 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 take on Barnsley? I would I would suspect that if if they keep getting a few points in the in the uh, championship, then they might not go all guns blazing because actually, I mean, let's not forget when they played us, it was a very close game at home recently, and uh, a lot of uh, certainly a lot of Norwich commentators were saying that Barnsley looked like playoff material. Um, and if I were a Barnsley manager or a Barnsley fan, I certainly know which way I'd be pointing um, when it came to uh, what I want at the end of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised. It'll still be a tough game, I'm sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if they um, uh, rest a few players one way or another for whatever reason. Um, and as uh, you know, as we've all said, you know, with the squad we've got, we can still go and look pretty strong. I, I fancy us to nick it. I don't think it will be. Um, uh, I don't think it will be by by too many though. Well, I mean, as, as I said before, that the Barnsley League game, when you look at the way their results have gone, um, with the exception of beating Watford, um, they, they have a, a, an almost perfect kind of um, lower playoff style record in that um, they are beating everyone you'd expect them to beat. And then as soon as they come up against anyone above them in the table, they lose. And, and, and I think Watford's the only, only exception. So, um, you know, they're, they're beating the likes of... Um, a forest, and they 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 beat they beat uh, Derby down the bottom of Wickham, down the bottom Sheffield Wednesday, down the bottom Birmingham. Um, but then you know Bournemouth, Swansea, Norwich have all have all kind of dealt with them, and they haven't even managed to to find the net. So, um, I I, I thought that it was slightly overplayed how how well they did against us. Um, I actually thought we handled handled them whenever we needed to. Um, 
and there was a couple of strokes of luck they had that, that meant they went a bit closer than otherwise they would have done in the first half. But they, they ran out of puff, really, and I, I thought they were outcoached second half by by us just sticking to our guns. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident of, uh, of a win um, because I, I think when, when you have two teams who, you know, let's have it right, they, they are having a good season and they are exceeding expectation and they played some nice stuff. And, and they're, they're, I know they didn't have all of their front three that have got a lot of plaudits when, when they faced us at Carroll Road. But, um, you know, our squad is a lot stronger than theirs. Um, and probably our um, A and a half squad, as, as as Nick described it, would, would probably still be, be higher in talent than, than theirs. Um, and I think whenever you have two teams that play each other close together, it tends to favour, the sec- in the second game, it does tend to favour the, the, the squad who's got slightly deeper pockets, better resources, simply because the, the, the two coaching teams have looked at each other and they go, right, OK, we, we, we've really got a recent measure of you and this is how we're going to approach this game. And, and I think that, that probably really plays into Norwich's hands. If, if they do indeed want to stay in, in the FA Cup, and I think Norwich this season really do because of uh, exactly what you said, Nick. It is, uh, or, or Fionn, sorry, really good minutes. You know, it's a great opportunity to keep people sharp, to, to, to give minutes to players who, if someone goes down with injury or someone nips off at the end of January on the 31st, as, as the window shuts, then then actually all of a sudden you're going to need to play more of a part than we think you're going to at this point. So um, I think Norwich will be going all out for that. And and then Fionn, we face uh, Chelsea or uh, uh, an FA Cup infamous uh, opponent of ours, Luton, although Luton are slightly higher standing than, than last time we faced him in the Cup. Yeah, it's, it's this this doing the draws at the same time adds a sort of slightly weird dimension to it, doesn't it? Because you we're now kind of jumping ahead to that and, and making the assumption that if we do beat Barnsley, which is very possible, um, that we'll then come up against probably Chelsea, and then it's then it's you sort of you're not you're not thinking that that we might get past them, but then maybe we would because we beat Spurs last year and Chelsea are rocking a little bit at the moment and. And then what? So that's the fifth round, and then then you're in the quarterfinal, and then then you're really in it. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly I wouldn't want this double draw thing to become a thing post COVID because um, it does kind of spoil. Uh, I think Nick would probably agree with this. It spoils the uh, spoils the excitement of the draw. But um, I think having Barnsley in this next round is another good tie. Um, I think someone on the last podcast said that Coventry was a nice one because they're a, a championship club where where the minutes that we're getting are sort of valuable minutes. It's not it's not like we're we're playing um, you know, a a, a very non league team. Um or or in this case that the Barnsley hadn't been struck down by COVID and we're playing the under twenty three, so sorry, Coventry. Uh and and hopefully that doesn't happen for, for the Barnsley game either. Um because then, then you, the minutes you're getting are even more valuable in the and you can sort of take that into into a league game. Um on top of it, uh, and then yeah, if we if we do get a chance to go against Chelsea, um, the games we've had in the cup where we've played Premier League teams before and we've been in the Championship, so the the Arsenal League Cup game, um, Spurs in the FA Cup, Chelsea in the FA Cup in Fargo's first season, all of those we've had a really good go and come out of it um, generally probably the better team in all the, all those games I would think, um, even though they, they sort of got caught out in that League Cup Arsenal game. Um, so I think it's a good, you know, if we're if we're going if we're going for the Premier League next season, it's a nice little test if we could go up against Chelsea this year. Let's look at the the, the league. Uh, two two winnable games um, uh, coming up. Uh, first off, we've got we've got Cardiff on on Saturday. Um, have you seen much of Cardiff, uh, uh, Nick, this season? 
Um, I could pretend that I have, but um, I haven't now. No, I'd rather I'd rather you didn't pretend. That that's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, again, looking at the form table, one win in five. Uh, you know, so it's you know you could say along come Norwich, but realistically, when we've needed to deal with opposition in that kind of form, we have dealt with them. Um, so I, I feel that like we're in a great vein of form personally, and 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 can't see can't see anything other than a than a Norwich victory. Do, do you think there'll be anyone that's that's played their way into into the first team for for Saturday, Paul? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would like to see. Well, I think maybe um, it might be time for Kintia to just sit in that left back position. Um, I, you know, I, every single team that plays us now just goes quick target Sorensen. Um, and I think it's about time we gave the poor lad a rest. Um, you know, he's done brilliantly, and I would love to see more of him in midfield. But I think Kintia uh, at left back would be. Um, would be really helpful. I think it just it just balances up the side a bit. Um, I'd love to see. I, I know Steepy wasn't playing, but I'd love to see Steeperman back. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, and I know we've talked about his importance on the pod before. Um, yeah, well, on 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 uh, Quintia, it's an interesting point you make because they they did actually use Quintia for the social media um, uh, bump for I follow I saw today. And I did think, oh, okay. So he's he, he's there. Clear that it's very rare that they're subtle enough to pick a random player, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that isn't going to be involved. I, I can't remember the last time that that, that, that happened because I think we'd have noticed it if it did. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they are planning for him back, and and that means the the dead ball delivery that that we were you know purring over earlier in the season is going to be back. Um, you know, his his corners were a a massive threat that yes, we didn't massively take advantage of um, early in the season, but it, there were. There were there were those early games when he was whipping corners in. It looked like we could score at, at almost any set piece. I mean, am I am I remembering that with with Nick's yellow and green glasses, or do you agree with that, Fionn? No, they they were notably good set pieces, and yeah, if we if we can get get Hugo a few more minutes and and get some of them on his head, um, yeah, it it would yeah add add definitely a different dimension to what we've got already. Um, it's a weird one with Cardiff, though, isn't it? Because um, yeah, they're the set piece kings, and we were told that before um, before we played them. And bear in mind, it's less than a month since we since we actually beat them two 0 at home, and and I thought they were you know very very limp. And and that to use your term from from the weekend, Paul, we professionally dealt with them, um, and I, and I and that's why I can't see anything other than than that happening on on Saturday. Unless you unless you disagree, Nick. Well, I. I um... I remember watching the first, our, our home game against Cardiff earlier in the one that you just mentioned there. And um, you're right, they, they were playing for set pieces during the game, something that might throw a spanner in the works. Now, when Cardiff were trying to shoot house their way to set pieces last time, kind of worked in the first half, and in the second, the ref got sick of it um, and just stopped awarding them fouls. Um, yeah. If I'm hoping that will happen again, because if it doesn't, and it's say nil nil with twenty minutes to go, then the old on along car Norwich blanket is gonna start falling over Carrow Road and you know, people like Emmy are gonna get frustrated and we might have a bit of a problem. Um so hopefully we'll get a nice a ref is just not gonna stand for, for that playing for set pieces. Because um, let's face it, it's, it's probably still the weakest part of our game is defending them. So um yeah, there's hope there's hope that that, that, that the ref will be nice and strong. 
Well, I was just trying to see if the, the referee had been confirmed um, for the weekend, but it doesn't look like that's happened yet. So I was just going to see if we could quickly have a look to, to see. But I can see that it was uh, Tim Robinson that took charge of the last one, um, the one that you're just talking about, who who, who didn't take, take any nonsense second half. I, I actually don't think that from a refereeing point of view, I don't. The standard is not as not as high as the Premier League, but but I don't think we've we've really seen too many ridiculous decisions um, this season. Um, Paul, do you think the do you think the gap? How, how big a gap do you think there is refereeing wise between Premier League and Championship based on what we've seen of of our team this season? I don't think it's enormous, to be honest. Um, you know, I mean, there's so much noise goes on about VAR and so on. It's very difficult to. It's very difficult to gauge how good Premier League referees are anymore. I quite, you know, I, I've always liked about the championship in the EFL that referees do let the game play a bit more. You know, um, it's still a contact sport, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm not advocating that that uh, you know uh, people are allowed to get lumped around by the likes of Cardiff and people like that. You know, I mean, uh, this division has got its fair share of thugs. Let's face it. Um, but I do like the fact that the referees in general do seem to allow us to play a bit more. And that's good. I think on the flip side of that, I think our game management is much better this season. We seem to have learned from the Premier League where you've heard a lot of uh, opposition managers complain that we're moaning all the time at the referee and things like that. And, you know, it sounds like we're being a bit nastier and a bit more streetwise. And, and um, that's not doing us any harm, it seems. So I think in all in all, it's working out. Yeah, I I think that that's that's right. We, we've we've made. I don't think we've got a team full of people who roll around on the floor. I mean, we have you know one in particular who seems to make the most, shall we say? Well, a couple, in fact, I can think who who, who do that. Um, I mean, Emmy seems to make much more of a meal of things that aren't fouls than those that are. <laughs> you know, he, he seems to he seems to pull his kind of pride muscle and, and get a bruise on his ego quite regularly, and that, that's when he does his kind of tantrum, banging his. Um, his hands on the floor, um, but uh, let, let, let's kind of look at look ahead a little bit further to, to Bristol City. Now, um, it was a really good game um, earlier in the season. Um, so, you know, they're, they're currently sitting tenth, um, and again, just like Cardiff, one win in five. Um, so, uh, another kind of tricky team to, to to work out. Really, they they got through against um, uh, Portsmouth at, at the weekend. Um, but but again, really middling form. So losing to, to to Millwall, losing to Preston at home, and Preston don't win at home ever. Um, you know, beating Wickham, but then and then losing to Luton. So so really middling form. So what, what do you think is going to going to happen? And there then are we are we looking at, at six points, four points from two games, Nick? I think if 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 we're going to cock up one of them, in this case it's Norwich City. So I'm going to believe that we're going to make a mess of something somewhere. Um, it will be Bristol City um, simply because. When when we played them last time, there was there was just a bit of a there was something about that game that kind of thought, oh no, uh, they're gonna they're gonna get one on us here. Um, they just they just have that habit um, occasionally of um, of just of, of basing good Norwich. <laughs> I'm not really you know I'm not really basing that on any sort of tactical analysis or XG or stats analysis. It's just you know gut feeling as a as a football fan, as I having seen it so many times before. Um, so yeah, I've got a funny feeling we're going to lose that one. Um, well, we, we, as you we say went, that that was one where we we came out of the traps like a house on fire, didn't we? Last time we were, yeah, um, we, we were tuning up within 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 no next no time, and 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 but I, I agree because they then pulled one back and then they, they did look they did look comfortable. I thought it was a really good game, a really really good game of, of two teams playing in, in the way that I personally like to watch football. 
I think we're in a very good, it's, it's silly to say that it's a good position, but we're in a, a kind of crazily comfortable position actually in the table when you look at it logically, because um, we've got we've obviously got the we're points clear, we've got the cushion. Um, what's what's really nice about being in this position, other than the obvious, is the pressure on games like this is lower, and I think that causes fewer mistakes, yeah. um, and generally just makes it just means that okay, well if we if we concede a late equaliser to a shithouse free kick, um, then it's not much of a big deal. For example, if we if we had the the, the derby game that we. Uh, that the Rooney free kick occurred in the last minute, sort of tomorrow, say, um, people won't care as much about it as what they did when it actually happened at the start of the season. So um, yeah. we've obviously earned that position and we've earned the right to feel comfortable for where we are. Obviously, we can't let up, but um, that's a massive bonus going into uh, going into the next few weeks, I think. I think any game that you go into, knowing that if you lose, you're still top and by a point, if you to mean, um, you can't help but if it, it, you know, you talked about the the, the long come Norwich nerves um, creeping in. If 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 it's still nil nil, or if we're one nil down half, half through the second half, again, if you think well, we're one nil down, but we are top of the league, and Bournemouth are five behind us with having played the same games. You know, they they haven't taken advantage of those games in hand. So so actually, um, you know, Swansea can't catch us even if they win and and we lose. So let's keep patient. All the more reason to just play our football, play our football, and and eventually expect a a, a late goal to come. Um, Paul, looking at the the games that we've got coming up, we we do have Swansea, which is now looking like an absolutely mouthwatering tie. Again, another example of where the fixture calendar means we're playing them quite close together. Um, I think that's... um, in uh, comes up after so yeah, we've got we've got Middlesbrough after the Barnsley game, then Millwall, um, and then yeah yeah then then we go then we go to Swansea right at the start of um, of February. Um, so, so Paul, when let, let's let's look let's look a little bit beyond these these next two three games. With the way that this season is going, have you already kind of clicked into? I think we're going up and I'm really quite confident mode or are, are you still thinking that, that you're, you're going to need to wait until March, mid-March until you, you're really comfy that, that Norwich have, have done it again? I really think the next month is going to is going to tell me that. I'm, I'm starting, as, as, as you guys were talking, I was just thinking to myself, do you know, this season does have a whiff of the Nigel Worthington promotion year. There's something a little bit relentless about us. There's There's something just very calm, considered the way we're playing our football you know if we lose one it's fine we 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 then pick ourselves up we might draw the next one but then we win the next one so we're not going on any bad runs in that respect um i think two things are really important over the next month i think we get through the transfer window without losing anybody um and ideally maybe add one or two um and if we can get past these kind of shithouse teams like we've talked about and we're coming up against plenty of them uh, without too much damage, without losing concentration, uh, then I really think it's there for the taking. Well, just staying on that point then, Paul, you mentioned maybe adding one or two. That's a beautiful segue into the transfer window, which we were going to talk about next. Um, you're such a professional. What about <laughs> you adding one or two? It's interesting you say that because there's obviously an argument to, to not try and break up what, what seems to be a fantastic culture in the team at the moment. Is there a particular place in the squad um, or shall we say around the first team, you know, putting aside a really promising 20-year-old that we buy for three years' time, kind of classic Weber-style start signing, uh, someone to, to kind of actually make a difference in the last four or five months. Is there is there a position you think we really need to strengthen? 
it's a it's a, that's such a tough um it's such a tough question isn't it because you know we're pretty loaded in every position um i i still feel like that number 10 position isn't quite owned yet um i haven't seen enough of kieran dowell i don't think any of us have seen enough of kieran dowell to know whether that's going to work um Pukki doesn't seem to be able to score without Steepy being in the team. Um, uh, can Steepy carry it on? Maybe. I'd, I I would love to see somebody genuinely brilliant come in at that number ten and really really push there. Um, maybe it is Kieran Dow. I don't know, but but for for me that's probably the position. Yeah, that's interesting because if if I was a number ten, then then I would have misgivings unless I was coming from. League One or, or, or what have you. I mean, and again, knowing Norwich, it is likely to be well. No, League One would be too expensive for us because at this time of see, time, time of year, anyone good is going to have a big price tag. If I was coming from the second flight of, of Norway, then then yeah, maybe I would still come. But th- there is an element of um, you look at Norwich's team, and there are three or four tens in Steepy. Um, you know, Mario has played there. Um, I still think that Kenny could could play there if if he had um, Lungi and um, uh, and uh, Skip behind him. Um, uh, you, you've obviously got uh, Toddy, so so you have players who we we kind of know aren't tens because we we kind of know the team. If you see what I mean, we we know that they are part of a forward three, but uh, but to to kind of a, a player and an agent and someone considering the next step in their career you think well, there's a lot of people to dislodge there to, to become a, especially if we then after half a season, we're then going to have another window where we may well be spending trans, uh, premiership money and look, looking to, to add, add more, more, more players. So that's interesting. Number 10, I, I personally on Dowell, what I've seen, I, I haven't, he's been so unfortunate, so unlucky. Cause you know, if he was, if he's, if he's anything like the, the excitement there was around us signing him, it was particularly within the club. Um, if he's anything like that good a player, on with the kind of form we've played and the way that other play, other players have played, he would probably be looking fantastic right now. Fionn, of what you've seen, are you are you a bigger fan than me? I've, I've been slightly underwhelmed. Yeah, I'm probably on your side as well because I think just because we haven't seen enough of him, he's come on for, for sort of 10, 20 minutes at a time. But then I can't remember what game it was recently. I think it was one of the home games, but he but there was a sort of, he picked the ball up on the edge of the box and did a sort of, driving run that, that didn't yeah. do anything but but that was the sort of glimpse that you thought hang on there's something here but yeah like it's it's just bad luck that he hasn't had the chance to show it yet um so yeah i'm i'm still juries out on him um but that's that's just because of his bad luck with injuries and you know other other players you know having having played played in that position and stuff so i'm hoping that we get to see a bit more of him would you would you add anyone fion you know do, do you you know, is there a position in the team that you think you, you really do want to see someone challenge that, that we don't already have? Um, I would say at the moment, just because of circumstances, um, a goalkeeper I think is a bit busy at the moment. Um, obviously, hopefully, Tim is back very soon and doesn't have any uh, long-lasting effects um, from his positive COVID test. Um, and and Barden's been really good as well. But when you when you look at McGovern being out for for a long period, um, I think we we really could do with someone else coming in there. Yeah, it's one position where you you never seem to struggle to find a, a decent veteran that you know that that is happy to come and take a few take a few months contract to to to, to help out. Um, so so yeah, Nick, same, same kind of question to you. We, we've had a ten. We've we've got a new ten. We've got a new keeper. What else are we add in to the shopping list? 
I wouldn't add anybody else other than those two positions personally, except for one mitigating factor, and that is when you look at things logically, and this is such a risk, risky thing to say as a Norwich fan, because you, as a Norwich fan, you know there's always a chance that things are going to go wrong. But I honestly think that the only thing that's going to really cause us problems this year and not going up is coronavirus. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was something that um, something that um, was mentioned in last uh, in Formula One last season. Lewis Hamilton romped to the title, um, but quite often it was mentioned that for the one thing that might stop him is is coronavirus. I think that's that's the case with Norwich. Um, and that with that in mind, I think we do need to make sure that there are. There's co- there's coverage in those gaps. If say um, we all of a sudden have another centre back crisis like we did last year, um, and then we have a problem with the players who could potentially play centre back but aren't necessarily natural centre backs, but you know people like Teddy getting coronavirus, we've, we've then got a really bad problem. So I, I think that um, just sort of plugging the gaps with where the squad depth probably isn't beyond two or three players, I think is. Um, is probably the, would be a probably pertinent thing to do, but we probably won't have we probably won't have the cash or um, or anything, to, or there probably won't be the players available to do that at this stage, unfortunately. Well, where, where I funny should mention centre back because that is the that's the position that I had in mind for this discussion, and because um, and not and and I don't think we should bring someone in to necessarily compete right away with with Hanley and, and Gibson, who I think are established one and two, and um, you know, but Hanley's not getting any younger. I mean, you know, Gibson's not really young, but... Um, we have Alex Tetty. He's the world's greatest centre-back. Um, uh, he's also yeah, the world's greatest fielder and forward and yeah, goalkeeper. Yes, so, you know. he is. Yeah, he's the world's greatest man. <laughs> but um, in fact, he's the world's greatest human, however you identify. However, um, putting that very factual, scientifically-based point aside, um, fantastic punditry, I, um, I, I would say that, that this is... Centre back for me is one of those positions where um, you know you mentioned NFL earlier. It's a bit like quarterback in bit of quarterback in the NFL. You you just keep drafting. You 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 keep trying because the point is if you if you, if you hit gold, then it's trans it's transformative. Now obviously the quarterback position is far more um, transformative in that sport than than a centre back is. But if you think about how painful, you know we know with recent history how painful it is when you don't have the guy at center back um so you know we know how awful it is when you you really haven't got the confidence in in those players there i mean especially the way that norwich play how important it is that we have center backs that can take it from the the, the goalkeeper and when you lose cruel coronavirus or whatever it might be or you have barden who needs people to to support him and, and give him confidence um they need to even do more of the load in terms of making the right moves around the box to receive the ball and get us playing the right way so I would say again, not not maybe a a big money signing, but I would I would like to see us sign a younger um, or kind of one of one of Weber's kind of sideways, you know, Dutch Sunday morning league um, kind of kind of players who you just you know you just think, yep, yeah, that fits our mold. We we've never heard of him. Um, he's recovering from a knee injury, or you know, he's he's a recovering. Um, gambling addict or what, like whatever the store the w- weird story is why we were able to get him on the cheap but the point is there's there's some kind of play player there that they think they can kind of chip away at and if they end up playing a few minutes then then because we need them to then 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 great but but maybe they turn into something where we have something great so that that's the one place where I feel like we know what we've got everywhere and we know what the second man up kind of is but but yeah, that that's the one place I would maybe like to see us there, go for. There's something there's something not quite right as well with Zipperman at the minute. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And a drastic drop off in form for a player like that is always really worrying. Um, you don't know if something, you know, if there's if there's a long term injury there that's kind of being shielded a little bit, or he's just had a massive loss in confidence, or the fact that the, t- the time he was out, he just lost all of his sort of form. Um, but he really doesn't look himself at the minute. Um, and to be honest with you, if it, if it keeps up to the end of the season, I can't him, can't see him staying with the club into next year. So I think, yeah, we, we definitely probably will need to get a replacement in for him sooner rather than later anyway. Okay, well, let, let's talk about outgoings. Um, now, uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's many podcasts focusing on, on transfer windows, so we'll keep the, this element and um, speculation short. Um, pretty much that the main crown jewel seems to be seems to be Emmy. Um, I've said previously that I actually think a bigger um, Jenga piece in terms of how difficult to replace he would be um, is Max Ahrens. I, I think that what he gives us both defensively um, and I mean, he makes one fantastic interception every, every game, which happens sometimes right on the edge of the box, but like the, you know, the, the side of the box rather than the, the front edge um, or quite far up the pitch. So therefore it isn't, it's not like a clearing it's clearance off the line, but it's like, yeah, if, if you weren't there, that could have developed into something dangerous. And, and obviously the, the going forward prowess. Now, I think we could play around and create enough chances without Emmy. Now, don't get me wrong. I would much rather us not have to, but I do think that with the money that they would bring in, we do have a lot of front three players that we can shift about and play different ways. I do think we would have enough to get over the line, but let's, let's kind of play in devil's advocate that actually, you know, the, 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 the general consensus is that Emmy's the, 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 probably the most likely that someone might come in for and, and, and maybe the most painful to lose. Who Paul, would you um, willingly drive to the other club um, if it guaranteed meaning that we could keep Emmy? Like, who, who would you be willing to sacrifice from our kind of first team regulars if, uh, if it meant you could keep Emmy? I um, I don't know how this is going to go down. I would I would um, sacrifice Todd Cantwell. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. The the reason the reason I believe that is because actually I think we can have one or the other, and I'm really glad you said what you just said about Emmy. Um, I, I think we can have Cantwell or Buendia. I don't, I still don't see them in the same team at the moment. I just don't think it works. Um, I think if, if Emmy was to go, I think Cantwell, that would probably free up Cantwell to, to express himself even more. Um, but I don't think the team is set up, especially without a good number 10 at the moment. And we, the, the jury's out as to whether or not Buendia and Cantwell and a good number 10 can all work together and release Pukki as they should do. So I actually think that the team is hampered somewhat by having Campwell and Buendia in the same side. I just don't think it works. So if it had to be one or the other, then I would prefer to keep Emmy um, and uh, say goodbye to, to Todd. But I love Todd, so I would happily say goodbye to Buendia knowing that, that Todd was saying, staying. Yeah, um, I, I was on uh, on on our pod saying that I thought that Todd would have a massive season this season um, if given lots of minutes, and I do feel f- like I've been fairly proven right that he's been that he really has stepped up and he has played really well. And you know, I I, I didn't think he was handled correctly at the start of the season, uh, but you know, my my opinion of Farkas man management is well documented. Don't think he does it right, but um, but yeah, I, I'm really pleased with, with how Campbell's played, and, and 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 I don't even think it is just just Toddy. I, I do think that without Emmy, it would it would kind of spur us on to not rely on him as a whole team, really. Um, and and um, 
but again, just to say, having said that, I, I would really rather us not not try and sell him. Um, I, I do think there's an inevitability that if we were to go up keeping Emmy, that he would go in the summer. What do you think, Fionn? Um, yeah, that's a difficult one. Um, I think that might be the case, but then I think if we get ourselves in that position, um, you know, we we. If he if he stays and he takes us up, and if he does stay, I think he does take us up, and I think he will stay, and I think we will go up. Um, you know, we we are then in a much stronger position um, in terms of being an attractive place for him to stay, obviously because this is his home now. Um, but also in terms of if he does want to move on, um, then then we're we're then in an even stronger position to attract a, a replacement, um, and that's something that's going to be slightly easier to do in the summer than it is going to be in January, um, especially when we're probably still working out all the new regulations and what we're allowed to do. Um, you know, the summer gives us a bit more long-term planning time. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of a, sacrificing a player for Emmy, uh, I'm not even going to say anyone because he's not leaving, so we don't need to. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Uh, Nick, what about you? You've got the final word on, on the on the Emmy situation. Um you you've got you've had a a, a big a, t- a top eight Premier League club um, has said they want Emmy, uh, but you have brilliantly managed to convince them that there's someone else that they'd rather have instead, and that guarantees Emmy stays. Um, who who are you who are you putting in the back of the Citroen Saxo and taking up there? I think the um, I think I think Paul's actually nailed it really with the question over Camwell. I probably wouldn't go quite as far as saying if it was the other way around. I would happily let Emmy go for Camwell, even though I I love Camwell. The fact that Camwell's from Norwich, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Is amazing, so awesome as a fan. But um, yeah, I, I think Paul was actually nailed there with with Camwell. They they can't, they don't seem to play very well together. And um, I'd rather have Emmy in my team if that's the case than than having the Camwell team. So I think yeah. It's a bit of a cop out, sorry, but uh, <laughs> I think Paul's nailed it. No, it's, it, that that is the that is the downside of having excellent uh, people on the podcast. It, it is very difficult to to disagree with them when they make good points. Um, okay, so uh, to wrap up, then we we can't go through a, a whole podcast without uh, without a prediction. Um, so uh, Saturday, I want an exact score, please, Fion. Saturday, we are playing uh, Cardiff away. Yes. Yeah, that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think this might be tougher than when we played them less than a month ago, um, when we should have battered them four or five. I think I don't know if Kiefer Moore is back for Cardiff, but if he is, I think we've got a problem um, because he he was injured for the previous game, um, and he's six foot five, um, and I think if he is back from injury uh, he was meant to be back in the new year I don't know if if there's been any development on that um, then I think we are we do have something to deal with so I'm going to go for a boring 2-2 draw okay uh, and uh, to do things slightly differently let's move forward a game Nick you were worried about it what's the score going to be against Bristol City I'm just checking the Bristol City squad actually to see if there are any ex-Norwich players in there um, for the for the classic long come Norwich moment um but i can't can't see anybody from the quickest glance that i can have but uh um yeah i've got a feeling we're going to bat a card if then lose to bristol city because that's just the most norish thing to happen so yeah we'll, we'll beat cardiff um two nil um which in the context of this season is a bit of a is a, is a battering by norwich because we can't seem to sort of 
let go with goal scoring, which isn't necessarily a problem because we're clear at the top of the league. Um, and then, yeah, I think we're going to lose 1-0 to Bristol City from a really bad defensive error in the last 10 minutes from somebody. No, okay, sorry, I need to be more specific. Who's going to make the error? <laughs> um, I, I really I really don't... I was going to say Hanley, okay? So Hanley was on the tip of my tongue. I really hate hating on Hanley, though, because I love Hanley. He's probably my second or third favourite Norwich player right now. Um, but he is the guy that you sort of look at when you're thinking, yeah, there's going to be a, defen- there's going to be a mistake in defence today. You always think it's going to be Hanley, right? So yeah, I'm gonna to have to say Hanley, I guess. Yeah, but I, I was, it, it, I was thinking, you know, you talk about Kiefer Moore. Um, I'm just trying to see if he, if he, the last update I can see is that he's out until until the new year. I can't actually see that it's been confirmed if he's back or not. But Hanley was exactly why I'm not worried about having a bean pole because I, I think Hanley is, is so so. Mm. Um, uh, uh, He's got that nous when it comes to um, okay, you're bigger than me. Fine, I'm going to lean into you. Right, I'm going to stamp on your toes. I, I just think he he adds that he adds that element to our game that, that that we would would miss so badly without him. Um, okay, so that means Paul, you get the uh, the FA Cup uh, fourth round. Um, so you get to tell everyone what the score is going to be when we take uh, take on Bartonsley. Oh, I th- I think we're going to hand out the pasting that we've been threatening to to give somebody for a while. So it's going to be at least three nil to us. Fantastic! I like the sound of that. So, sorry, uh, I just I just noticed something that a point of order that I have to say. Of course, I just missed uh, striker plays for uh, Bristol City. Chris is Martin. Chris Martin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to lose. Chris Martin is going to score in the last five minutes because of a defensive mistake from Hanley. Right. Okay. But you do know that he, we have already played them with with him in the team, and and and, and that didn't happen. But okay. Even more of a reason for a long time Norwich to happen, right? <laughs> okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for 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 joining us, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. Thank you very much for your input as always, Fion. Um So enjoy this uh, busy run of games, everyone. Um, we'll be in touch with you for more chatting in your ear holes um, after we are, um, by the sounds of things, going to pick up a good three points, then have a frustration frustrating um, loss and then um, get through to the next round of the cup Um, we'll be here to review that um, in a couple of weeks time Uh, love to John love to Rach everyone else mind how you go